0: It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton. Welcome to the show. Today, my guest is Diane Franklin. You may know her from Better Off Dead, Bill and Ted's 2, The Last American Virgin, Amityville Horror 2, and she's in a new uh, show, uh, The Amityville Murders, that's coming out. Um, And, you know, I'm going to be honest, I was pretty starstruck. When I met her um, and I was really excited to uh, have her on the show, it's just one of those people that I you know, grew up watching, especially The Last American Virgin, which is like I think one of the best kind of 80s kind of like sex romp type comedies. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's very, very interesting. I, I kind of got re-reminded of it because of this documentary, uh, Electric Boogaloo, I think was part of the title about the, the canon films. Which did a lot of like the ninja movies and Chuck Norris movies and a lot of uh, a lot of '80s movies and Last American Virgin. It's pretty dark. Um, it's pretty dark. It really got to me at a you know relatively young age. Um, I was like a teenager when I watched it, and she's the star of that, and she's just super cool. So I was like a bit starstruck because I've always been um, you know like when I watch movies or TV shows, it was like my kind of job to like be the consumer and watch and is the other person's job at the other end to be the you know actor famous person living in Los Angeles and then um you know when when paths cross uh which I think is super cool I don't know I just uh became starstruck she's super nice she has a uh, memoir on Amazon she has a lot going on and we talk about it uh in the episode so um pretty excited to have her on um I'm also Pretty excited. Tonight, I'm doing a show at Flappers at 7.30. I mean, just as exciting, if not way less, but uh, I'm excited. I really like Flappers. And then uh, this Saturday, I will be in Berlin, Germany, performing a Cosmic Comedy. That should be fun. Um, You know, if you're around, let me know. I'll get you in. Uh, Otherwise, I'll probably have some... Of it on my Instagram, I guess, which is the Jason Horton, if you're for some reason interested. Um, I don't know if anyone has noticed, but Friends Without Benefits has been on the comedy charts and a little bit on the overall, uh, all categories on Apple Podcasts, which is really great. Thank you for for listening. Uh, I'm excited to, you know, be on some kind of charts. I don't know. I don't know if it means anything, but uh, I'm excited that it's there and is... Well, Ghost Town has also uh, been on the charts a little bit. It's doing really well. Uh, right, We're right in the middle of the death of Janis Joplin, part one through three. And then we have new episodes every week. Abandoned stuff, haunted stuff, cool stuff. Uh, that's Ghost Town podcast. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever. Check it out. You know what you should also check out? Robin Hood. Listen, take control of your finances, okay? Like, it's, it's important. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. I'm not the wealthy. So, great, I'm listening. Non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Simple and intuitive, clear design with data presented in an easy-to-digest way. And I have so many apps. And, you know, what makes or breaks an app for me is, like, is it intuitive? You know, is it user-friendly? And Robinhood definitely is. Another great aspect of it is no cost, no commissions, no fees. Other brokers charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees, trade stocks, and keep all of your profits, right? Hold on to as much money as you can. And like I said, it's easy to understand charts and market data, and, like, I'm really into cryptocurrency. I mean, by really into, I mean, I'm into it somewhat. And uh, the fact that I have all my crypto information on Robinhood uh, makes it that much easier. That's So I can just go there. I can obsess about that. Uh, I can, Or I can get, you know, really excited. And I can just go to Robinhood and just watch things fluctuate, which I love. I love analytics. You know, I was just talking you know, about, you know, being on charts. I just love analytics, and uh, Robinhood makes it really, really, really easy. And Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at friends.robinhood.com. That's friends.robinhood.com. All right, let's get into my conversation with Diane Franklin. You asked me how did I... How did I find out about you? Yes, and I've I've known about you for a long time because <laughs> probably and, and I'm not gonna say it's all for the same reason, but I'm I'm I waited to say this right now. I'm completely starstruck, <gasps> just to let you know, completely starstruck because uh, because I have okay. So um, and we're gonna talk because you're from New York, right?
1: I am from New York, New York right? From long, long Island, Long Island.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm also from New York, and I remember. Uh, growing up, uh, and maybe not when the movie, maybe a few years after the movie came out, um, but the Last American Virgin Aww. movie. One of my people ask me, like, oh, what are some of your favorite movies? That is one of my favorite movies because wow. I was probably also watching it at a time where where things were very uh, everything was very like, important to me like everything I was watching was very important um, <laughs> no, but
1: that's so true right that is so true and and it is important because it shapes your life and things shape your life and that film really can can shape a person's life it really can
0: and, and you know is you know it was at a time where you know a lot of mo- you know whatever like meatballs is out or like zapped which would right, be right. like the first <gasps> radar R movie that I've seen right. But the Last American Virgin was so it was like a, it was kind of, in retrospect, pretty dark, mm-hmm. um, pretty dark, and I was I was kind of mad at you at the end of the movie. I mean, I don't want to give. If you haven't seen the Last American Virgin, it's a uh, it's it is like kind of an eighties romp type thing, but it it's pretty it's pretty dark, and it like it it made whereas like maybe something like you know Caddyshack probably won't get me too like emotional, right? It won't trade, but. Uh, you know, this movie did that. And I think the fact it was so dark and then watching the documentary, the Electric Boogaloo documentary mm-hmm. about Canon Films, which you're, you're, yep. you're in that. I'm in that. And, yeah. in that, and I was like, really? In, it was so interesting to hear. Because, you know, I how would I know that story and the fact that it was uh, essentially a remake of an Israeli a, film? Lemon Popsicle. Yeah, which is, yeah. you know, sounds like a pretty weird film. Yeah. And uh, it was just so important to me. And then, you know, so I always knew who... Like you were, and I remember kind of being like, "Oh man!" And at the end, I was like, "How could you do? That? I know.
1: How could I you do that?" <laughs> you know, I wanted to say something. That film, um, I have, I have been asked about this film so much, and I am so touched because it. it every time a guy asks me about it, you know, he's affected by the film, and it's. If you haven't seen this film, I mean, I really have. I've said this before. I feel like it's sex education for guys and love education. You would not go to see this film if it was presented uh, without the sex teen comedy uh, advertising. I mean, it draws guys in to watch it because it's like, hey, we're gonna have some good time with these girls, and they're gonna be naked, and we're gonna, you know, they're gonna go into these, you know, wild adventures. And um, but when you watch it, I think what's really amazing about that film is it takes you from that and you you learn about love and you and you learn about life and that film was the based on the director's true story and i cannot tell you how we we when we all got the script all of us lawrence and and steve Anton and and joe we really thought that the director was going to change the ending we thought okay obviously you know this film is independent you know where we don't know what's going to happen to it we didn't even know if it was going to come out honestly if you asked me back then if this film we would be talking about it today, I would probably I'd say absolutely not. There's there's no way. There's no way. This was a a, a small film um, at a time when huge films were being made, and it was hard to get a film made, and it was hard to get a film uh, distributed and out there. Um, so the the chances of it being seen were very slim. I mean So even when did, you
0: were, well, while oh you gosh. were making it, like were you were, were you self kind of self-aware when you were making it like is this even going to see the light of day? Well,
1: we were all we you know, I was hoping it would. Um because I was hoping it would because I knew with my first feature film role and it was a lead and I really put my heart into it and I really um I felt like if anybody saw the film, the entire film, they were going to Really, you know, I mean, I didn't think they would hate me, <laughs> but I thought, you know, they would be affected by me. You know, but it's a and, very real thing. Like, yes. not
0: everything, not everything it's is a fairy tale end, You know what I mean? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you, you you still end up liking the wrong person.
1: Well, there's a couple of things about this film. After all this time, uh the first thing was that it was based on the director's life, so it's a true story. Um, And the other part was when I found out that the ending wasn't going to change, I had to justify my my actions because I as a person would have chosen Gary. I just would have. But it was interesting because – What I did was I played the role, like I thought, how can I justify doing this to this, treating this one guy this way, but then going to the other guy? And I really felt like, okay, you know, my character is sort of a feather in the wind. Like, if you're nice to me, I'll be nice to you. And, oh, wait, and you're nice to me? Okay, oh, well, now I'll be nice to you. It's like, I didn't have any backbone as a character. So what happens is, in the film, you your character the audience kind of falls in love with my character and Gary and wants us together and so that's why when the end happens everyone's shocked because first of all you do not see it coming because of the way i played it if i i didn't play it so nice i guess you know then you would be like oh good i'm not gl- i'm glad she's not with him which in a certain way is more of an american story but now here's the where i think this is really interesting it's called the last american virgin so we as an audience an american audience anticipates a happy ending but the film was made by an israeli director Israeli film company uh, canon films and european sensibility is more like this is life, like, that's what it is, so... Love hurts. Love hurts, like, it's a truth, and so I think that's what was so shocking to American audiences as well, um, and it, it's, I also feel like it's a very memorable film for its message, um, because we don't often have those messages in America, like, okay, you just gotta deal with it, this is the real world. Um, also, uh, it has great 80s music, great 80s uh uh, clothes. Um, it's, it's like a time capsule of 80s subject matter. It has a bit of
0: grit to it, I think, I and would say. About abortion, yeah. and
1: cocaine, and there is nudity also. Um, but it's a teen film, okay? And it was when it was at a time also where it was the first, as well as Fast Times, but it was actually the first teen film with teenagers playing teenagers, which was what made those films all so big. Um, that 80s teen generation um, that made it stand out. And that was the first film, and I have to say this, which actually brought ethnicity into popularity of the curly hair of the 80s. I, my, that film was the first film that that showed a, a lead girl who you fell in love with with dark curly hair.
0: Rather than like like platinum blonde yeah. kind of, you know. It wasn't happening. Popular. I mean,
1: yeah, the popular girl. I mean, except for Carrie, which even, <laughs> still Carrie wasn't, you know, I look at the popular, but the popular yeah. girl was... Um, uh
0: her, her uh A- Amy name. Irving. Okay.
1: Amy Irving was beautiful in that film and she had curly hair and I remember looking at her going, "Oh my gosh, finally, the curly hair girl is being portrayed as beautiful." But it, then even then she wasn't the lead lead. It was focused on uh, you know, um uh Carrie the Carrie character and so it didn't hit until Last American Virgin. And I know this because um prior to Virgin I You know, I couldn't get arrested in, as far yeah. as a lead goes. The minute I did that film, lead after lead, roll after – and curly hair, curly hair, they wanted it. And I knew because I had worked, you know, ten years before, nine years before, um, that wasn't a thing. So that film has such um, a culture – it really affected culture in America. It's just bizarre, this little tiny sex comedy, but yet it has affected so many people. And I have to also say when you saying you watched it like – there were so many um, uh, so many people who said, I was 12 years old when I saw that film. And I was like, wait a minute. Where was your mother? Like, what was happening? And in, in case you didn't know, like, it wasn't easy to see something like that. You had to, like, sneak into a movie theater. It was rated R. Uh, again, um there was no VHS at the time when it was made. There was no, you, you could not watch this film again and again unless you, uh, until way later. So every time someone did this film, it was like, we didn't ever think it was going to be seen, let alone, you know, survive to today. And, And even it made into Lincoln Center. I mean, crazy, just crazy. So, um, but I do love the film. I, I, I think at the beginning when I did that role, I was a little, you know, skeptical because those were the days where, you know, people didn't, you know comment on films like that at all. It was always something like, you know, Officer Gentleman or things that got great ratings or Oscar winning things. But today, it's so exciting to be able to do dialogue about it and talk about, you know, how it affected people.
0: And and I mean, it's one of those things that really affected me. Like in a whole bunch of like, it it came at me. It promised me um, sex and fun and pizza. You know what I mean? That's all. But then it left me like, wait a minute. (laughs) You know what I mean? Beautiful. If I do the, you know, if I if I do the right thing, (gasps) that doesn't get. You know, the nice guys maybe sometimes finish Finish last. last. Sometimes, uh, you know what I mean? And uh, I did deliver pizza, so I mean, I kind of, uh, kind of knew how that. uh, I knew how that felt. You know what's I'm always interested. Um, you know I didn't grow up in in Los Angeles. So my my wife, for the most part, uh, she's not originally, but she grew up in the Valley. Mm-hmm. So I always ask her about like Valley stories and her yeah. her uh, and uh, my mother in law. She's in in the industry, so I'm always kind of talking to them about like what is LA like, and I'm wondering like what Los Angeles was like. I'm just obsessed with like mm-hmm. where things were filmed. Like I you know I read that there's one part maybe it was like Western and uh, was it Western and. Franklin or Western Hollywood, where some of it was maybe the pizza place. I don't remember. Okay. And and I used to live near there. So I'm just wondering, what was like Los Angeles like?
1: In the 80s. Yeah, I'm obsessed oh, with it. Okay, good. I can Always have been. I, I I agree. I love it. All right, so first of all, what happened was when I wound up getting Last American Virgin, they flew me out from New York. So you auditioned in
0: uh, New York? I, I
1: auditioned for New York. Almost didn't. Uh, you have to read my book, I have a couple of books to tell you the we'll background talk about that, story. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but I almost didn't make it, I almost didn't get this role. Um, I think the other girl who was up for it, or who, who I don't know if she would have done it eventually, but it was Alyssa, a, a, no wait, um, a, no wait, no, it's a Alfonso, Christian Alfonso. Gorgeous girl, again, dark curly hair, beautiful girl. She actually wound up getting more into soap operas, she was doing that at the time. Um, and originally, I think they even were cast. They thought they were going to cast her, I think, but I don't know. It didn't. It didn't pan. And um, so when it when I got the film, I was flown to L. A. and I was by myself, um, and I was nineteen. And they put me up. Okay, you're going to like this at the Holiday Inn, in Hollywood, which was which is no longer there now, but it was a sort of a, a round building, sort of similar to one that's on like, I think there's still like a kind of that kind of architecture off the 405 of and Sunset. There's a round kind of building thing. And the Hollywood Holiday Inn, um, they had like a rotating bar at the top, on the top of the floor. Sounds amazing. Um, it was just funny, it was just like, and I didn't know where I was. I was just in Was this, that your first uh, time
0: in Los Angeles? Yes, it was okay.
1: And I remember coming in, first of all, when you're from back east, I mean you come and you see these palm trees, and you're thinking, wow, people grow up with this. Like, that's beautiful. Like, just the idea of having the palm trees. And then, um, I mean, I was on Long Island, so I, I could go to the beach. But there was You're just also something... scraping
0: ice off your windshield. Yes. So oh, in, yes. In the winter, yeah. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. And then the other thing was being in Los Angeles around December, I remember. November, December. And it was warm. And that was so surreal. It was surreal as an experience. And what would happen was... Uh, since I didn't have a car and I was under 21, we couldn't rent a car, Um, although you could rent a car at 21 at the time, um, I would be picked up in my, uh, like, in a car and um, driven to locations. So I didn't really know where I was. Um, But I did know that, um, like, I, I heard that, like, the high school was somewhere in like where the, the baseball field where, you know, Rick and I have our moment together. Um, that Rick. Was, Rick. <laughs> in like – in Fairfax or something. So like um, not Fairfax area, um, in the valley. But there was like a, a school there or something. Um, I thought it could have been not maybe Fairfax. But it was in the valley. And the thing I didn't know was because it was an independent film, I don't think all of the locations were – Secured, uh, secured. Right. I think that some of them were very um, kind of guerrilla style taken, and so we would like go to this location and shoot. Okay, we got to get everybody out. Okay, let's move. Let's good quick it. You know, let's do it quick. Um, so it was kind of funny. Like I think there were some places that we went that I wasn't quite sure if they actually secured the rights, um, but. Oh, it was it was just so exciting because here I'm flown here. I don't know where I'm at. Okay, here we go. We're gonna do costume, and, you know, wardrobe, makeup, whatever. Okay, let's like shoot it. And um and the, you know, Steve and um Joe and Lawrence, we were all first time, basically first time film actors. Kimmy Robertson. This was basically our big break. Although there's no like you yeah. know
0: at that time name. Stars in it, so it's sometimes it's hard to like sell a movie if there's nobody you recognize. Even nowadays, you need to attach somebody, you know. No, you
1: know right, and and I never understood that originally. Now I do because what happens is there's a familiarity. Familiarity, I can't say the word. We want when you look at a film, you're saying, okay, what is going to get the audience out of their house and into the theater? It's either going to be like sex, violence. It's going to be um, you know, something scary. A combination. um, A combination, right? Um, or a movie star that you can't see anywhere else you know a film star that won't do television so there's aspects of it that bring people out um and with last american virgin perhaps they were just going oh well the sex is going to sell and they're going to get guys to go and see it Um, it's a great title it's a great title
0: it's a compelling title right
1: i mean it's it's and it did so well lemon popsicle in israel did so well that they were really convinced that was that was the main deal and and it was going to be fine um but as for actors, I really think when you use all unknowns, the story becomes the prominent thing we remember. And that's what I love about working with directors, right director writers. You know, when you when you work with unknowns, you're you know, the audience looks and remembers the story. They don't go, oh, that's so-and-so in that role, and they have 12 kids and right. you know, they're divorced and they're whatever, you know, they just went through rehab. They go, oh my gosh, that's a character. And uh so that was very exciting and we bonded. I'm still friends with everyone to this day and it was a nice small group, you know, the you know of us working together. So um I mean it's Kimmy and I still look at each other and go, "Oh, like wasn't that a fun, uh, you know, scene we did?" And um, we just still love each other as as, as friends that we were in the film. So I mean,
0: after I, watching the, you know, from watching the documentary, which is like, it's it seems like and they seem like the uh, some intense uh, directors, producers. I mean, was it? Uh, oh yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. so so Menachem and Yoram um, were Israeli filmmakers, and I was kind of used to that kind of energy I guess they had Um, I'd worked with Dino well no I hadn't worked with Dino then yet but I had been in the business for like 10 years I'm from New York and there's a certain sort of cutting to the chase and like we're going to do this now and that you kind of get used to as an actor or you know an I was doing modeling Mm. commercials film but it's sort of like when you're working you're working and this is what so you don't it's a more abrupt but it wasn't um, it was something that I could handle and I wasn't uh, thrown by it Um, direct they were very direct and I think um, to me I guess I translated that as being professional which is kind of unusual but when someone was very like okay this is what we're doing you go over here you do this I went oh okay I get that you know Um, I felt like they were treating me as an adult you know um but I, now I'm, I realize, oh, well, maybe they were not, you know, they could have been a little bit uh, softer. But maybe the sooner. result would yeah. have been different. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, when you're doing film work, it's about time and money. And so these people are focusing on we've got to get this done and we've got to work on this. But they were very nice to me. And they, they, never, um, they never treated me like an object they always, they were very, you know, made sure everything was okay. I think it was just the filming process was just, you know, let's go, let's move it, let's, you know, switch, you know, to this, let's do close-up, blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, it was interesting when we did um, the love scene, you know, and I'm going to say it's a love scene with Rick, um, although he might say it's a sex scene, right? right. Um, but to me, that scene, we, it was a closed set. And it was just the director and I and uh, the cameraman and uh, the boom guy and the uh, and Steve, and it was very, you know, s- slow and gentle. And, like, you know, um, Boaz was just so good at directing that. Just very um, – he, he – I guess it's because he did it before. He knew how to speak to me. And I was nervous because that was the first time I ever, you know, did nudity. And that was a big deal. You and know? it's your
0: first – it's a lot of firsts. First yeah. big Film. lead in a yeah. movie. So there's a uh, – kind of a lot riding on it i imagine in, yeah. in a lot of different ways
1: um i my main concern i think you know uh in you know and actually i have something coming out next year which will deal with this mm. subject matter um so i'm not going to get into too much detail but i would say that uh it was I, i i loved the film and i loved my role so much that I felt like every scene I did, I wanted to show that. And even, you know, the making love, I wanted to show people like, there's a soft side and gentle and vulnerable. And uh, so sometimes I think a lot of actresses might be very nervous. I I was nervous, but I was also like, all right, you. this is sort of like, this is what making love is. And this is what it is like to me, you know, like I just, I think I I just, the whole thing to me was very um, organic me and my parents were european so the nudity really was not um they were cool yeah they were just like this is your life and that's fine and they uh, from that european perspective they were more like they were more against me doing anything that involved violence or guns um and because that's the philosophy is like why is everybody shooting everyone <laughs> just okay, like can not sure. we just be you know loving and whatever so um the human body is a beautiful you know, thing, I guess. Um, but it is, um, beautiful. So I was raised with that. And I, I have to say, um, uh, you know, as long as I think it's okay with the people around me, then it's beautiful. It's awesome.
0: And you, uh, so, you know, growing up in Long Island, uh, was, was your plan always like, I'm going to be leaving the island, uh, (gasps) and going to Los Angeles? Thank you for asking that.
1: And I have to say, wow. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, I think I had uh, that suburban, I got to get out of here mentality. And uh, my husband is from New Jersey. And it's so funny because we were just here. talking. Same so here. Oh, we yeah? So, yeah. So, and his Teach attitude it. was the same thing. Got to get out of here. Got to get yeah. out of here. And I think that is part of the drive of there's – Bigger things out in the world. There's better things, and uh, just a small town head. As uh, I'm, I there's more than the give, Yankees. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I can <laughs> get out there, right? In Rockefeller
0: yeah. Center, right? Right, 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 right.
1: Like I mean, not to say I love, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. Love listen, you right? sure? Yeah. But um, you know, uh, I just felt like you. I had to get out of there, and I think that uh, from very from a very early age, I just knew that that I needed to get away and be on my own, and. Um, I really felt like... I mean, it's so interesting because I went to a public school and I also, you know, did acting at the same time. And I kept that very quiet because, first of all, you know, nobody really understood. It was not done all the time. People weren't actors at all. Like, I mean, if you found out someone was an actor, like, what? What is that? What do you even do? Like, you're a kid. What are you doing? Um, But even... Uh only on, on when I was later in high school, I think they announced on um, the loudspeaker that I was going to be on a soap opera on, a, on like, Wednesday or something, which I really freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. But, you know, it, it's not something you want to brag about because it was make people uncomfortable, and I didn't want to be, you know, people would hate you because you were, you know, having that attention, you know. So um, it was interesting that at the time I just – I wanted to be in the with my peeps, my friends. But at the same time, I really wanted to go and do my own thing. And I knew that I needed the space to get away to be able to be all of me. You know? It's, it's
0: got to be interesting to, because I, I know I talk to a lot of people out here. Like even my wife who's uh, not in the business directly. I mean she was in, cl- in classes with a lot of celebrities. You know what I mean? People oh, wow. that went on to so, – <gasps> right. so for her it was not like a, a – it was like – Chances are, probably three or four people in the class are like on TV shows now or something like that. That's so, where maybe fun. in Long Island, it's Uh-oh. like you know, you know, we're you know, you're.
1: No, it was <laughs> very. It was not a thing. I mean, I had heard that John Savage went to my high yeah. school. Um, he was in Deer Hunter, and yeah. he actually Deer Hunter was with the woman who played my mother in Amityville Two, Rutanya Alda. So I was like, oh, there's a connection there. That's actually a good, um, a good,
0: good segue because I wanted yeah. to ask because. Amityville 2 is pretty much right right after mm-hmm. a totally different uh, film.
1: Yes. Okay, so here we do, here I'm doing Last American Virgin. It has not come out yet. And my manager and agent send me out to an interview for this horror film. I've always wanted to do a horror film. Uh, so I knew immediately that I was like, okay, I definitely want to do one. But was this the one I wanted to do? So when I get the script, I'm like, I, you know, there's a lot of subject matter that's somewhat controversial in nice. this film. If you haven't seen it, um, there's like incest with my brother and I get the script and I'm thinking, no, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I'm going to do this. And, and you, at
0: that point, you didn't, you did were you like wondering like, oh, am I ever going to work again? Like, you know, or were you just had total faith in yourself? Like what's going to happen is going to happen. Oh,
1: I, I want, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't thinking that but I was thinking I don't the reason why I was saying I don't know if I, w- I want to do this n- Amityville is because there was nudity again and I was like I do not want to be hired as the girl who will do that right. that's not my thing I mean and and I think that's the biggest problem for girls who do do nudity because they're always thinking well you know when will I get a part that doesn't involve it and you know when the do I draw the line and, yeah, yeah and, and also I knew that I had a lot more to offer um, which is interesting because you really have to show what you can do and then eventually it Moves into different directions, but anyway, um, so when I get the script and then I find out that Burt Young and Ratanya Alda and James Olson are in it, since I had come from Virgin, where there was no uh, there were no star stars, I felt like I really want to work with seasoned uh, professional actors, and that is what drew me to wanting to do it. And I thought, okay, I'd really like to work with these people because I think that's a good experience for me to have. And so, this was just a wonderful situation. I auditioned. For the film, I'm thinking I'm not going to get a callback. And I get a callback. Then I get, okay, so now we're going to be on a second callback. And the whole time I'm thinking, well, it really doesn't matter if I get this. But, you know, it would be nice if I did work with them. And then I go to a screen test. And the other person who I'm screen testing with is Elizabeth Barrage. And Elizabeth Barrage and I actually had worked on a soap opera together as the world turns in a party scene. And she's a petite brunette, and we'd work together. And it was so – it's so bizarre. She's from New York, so we we always seem to be going for things. Well, I wound up getting Amityville Part 2. And then years later, it's uh, between Elizabeth and I – um, although Meg Ryan was supposed to originally do the part no Meg Ryan Meg Tilly I'm sorry Meg Tilly was originally supposed to do this role for Amadeus oh okay then uh, Elizabeth and I come again and are competing for Amadeus and she gets Amadeus so it's very interesting I always thought we are such different energy why are we going for the same part totally different and yet every time I guess it was a, like a petite brunette with sexuality maybe that was it I don't know the, we always seem to come up against for roles so, um, but that was a kind of a cool story that you know our paths keep you know kept crossing for a while. So I thought that was kind of fun.
0: I was curious, you know, because the Amityville, the Amityville Horror, was like a pretty pretty big uh classic horror, well, it became a classic horror movie. Right. Okay. So to follow, like, I was just curious, like, to 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 do uh, the second one. It, I feel like there's always a lot at stake, right? Because everyone's comparing it. He's going to compare it to the uh-huh. first one. Uh, d- does it does it follow any kind of? And uh, was that like kind of uh, weighing on anybody? Like the like, kind of like the pressure of like, oh, we're following up this pretty successful, you know. Uh, well, movie.
1: this is this is what's great. First of all, in the 80s, when you did a sequel, that wasn't a thing. People didn't do sequels. People, When we did Amityville 2, again, this film, no one's going to see it because if you had a choice between watching 1 and 2, you're going to watch 1. Right. You're going to watch the first one. Again, there was no VHS. There was no way of watching it again or the two films. So if you were going to... You couldn't even buy it. But if it, I think really what it was when you, Amityville came 2 came out, we didn't think anyone was going to actually go in the theater to watch it because, the, because people usually just saw the first one, and then they didn't spend their money, their hard-earned $5 on the film. So that was the first part of it. And then the second part um, – Dino De Laurentiis, who always was, you know, he obviously produced it. He was aware, you know, he he didn't want it to have to do with Amityville horror originally because he didn't want to have to pay the rights. So half the film takes place in the house, and the other half takes place in the um, in, in outside the house. So there are even disclaimers when you see go see Amityville two to this day that this is nothing to do with the first film. In fact. The film that I did, Amityville 2, is based on the true-life incident that happened in 1974. The DeFeo. The DeFeo murders, right. So even though it's associated in the word Amityville is in it, it actually has nothing to do with the first film, which is about a family. The first film has to do with the Lutz family who move into the house, and um, they, you know, are spooked. And Amityville 2 is about, well, how did that house get haunted in the first place? Well, this is what happened. So... I played the daughter in that film, and I was 20 at the time, and uh, it was... A wonderful experience, um, a totally different tone than Virgin, uh, working with an Italian director. So, going from Israeli director to Italian, and uh, Damiano Damiani.
0: They know their horror, the Italians. Yeah,
1: and great, uh, wonderful. I remember seeing like shots of the clock and the stairs and dailies, and I, I thought, how is this scary? And then they do this wonderful music by Lalo Schifrin, um, which I recently found out was the music was originally, I uh, hear, was supposed to be for The Exorcist, and then they chose. They decided not to use that music for oh. that, so they used it for Amityville. And all I could tell you is, it was awesome. It was wonderful. And people have said to me they that was their favorite Amityville because it was surreal and scary. It was the grittiness of yeah. it. Uh, and if you know if you haven't seen it, it is rated R. There is uh, some subject matter to watch out for. So I wouldn't have you know kids little kids watching or them, me <laughs> or me
0: I'm scared of horror movies
1: well actually it's funny that you said that because the act the director of the Amityville movie that I just did saw it when he was like 12 years old and it freaked him out but he remembered me and lo and behold I I've just uh I last year I did an, another Amityville and this one is called Amityville Murders and this Do you Tuesday, play the same character? I play the mother now. Okay. So it's the same kind of story. It's the d- d- about the DeFeos, except this is a docudrama, which means it's based on the true story. It's a time period piece. So I I'm probably the only actress who's ever played the daughter and the mother in the same story um and and died twice. <laughs> died twice. We keep coming Spoiler back. Spoiler alert, but uh yeah I do. I come back and this Tuesday, you have great timing. I'm going. Uh, Amityville Murders is actually opening for Scream Fest, which is sort of the um, Sundance of horror, and it's going to open the film festival. And I have done the best work in my life in this film. I am so excited. It is actually the best work I've ever. And it's, done. A, it's a
0: feature length.
1: Feature length film. Okay. Um, I don't know when it's or when or if it's coming out in the theaters because um. But I, I guarantee someone's going to want to do Amityville 2 and The Murders and have me there. I mean, it's just too amazing. Yeah. Um, it's like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And the timing's right. Yeah. But it yeah. is coming out on um, – uh, it's coming out on, uh, I think, streaming. I don't know if it's yeah. Blu-ray or DVD, but it's coming out streaming on no- November 13th, okay. which is the anniversary of the actual murders. Oh, good timing. Um, so it is based on the real true story of uh, Ronnie... Uh, and it's called... Uh, it's called... I know, there's so many Amityville. Yeah. Amityville Murders. Yeah. Um, I think there's... They also had The Haunting on Long Island in there, but it really is just called Amityville Murders, so you have to like look for Amityville Murders film, because if you put Amityville Murders, you're going to actually see the real murder. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, Butch DeFeo uh, uh, is in jail right now. I mean, this is a true story, and um, there's so many interesting facts about this film. Um, I think it's kind of the best of all the Amityvilles, honestly, because it is based on true facts. And, and... I think
0: that always is, people want some authenticity based oh. on a true story in documentaries. Yeah. Actually, uh, Lindsay and I, uh, who's right here, uh, check out Welcome to the Clambake uh, yeah. podcast. I told Woo! you, there's your plug, Lindsay. Told you I'd work it, up, but we did a, a, a like a stand up uh, storytelling show as like kind of the uh, opening to, they did a screening of Amityville 3D. So... Oh, how was
1: that? You know, Lori Loughlin was an actress I grew yeah. up yeah. with, and like, you know, we did modeling together and stuff and i've never seen it you know i'm gonna have to sit down and watch like i've never seen lemon popsicle all the way through i've seen little scenes um i have to see that too how was it
0: well i don't really it was a 3d so we didn't have 3d glasses and we were kind of we were done with the and then we were doing like a there was like a haunted house tour part of it at heritage square um and that might be coming out on my other podcast called ghost town so (gasps) check that out too haunted (laughs) abandoned mysterious places um uh, but, yeah, so I didn't – but I was just – I was kind of – I think that was the one that came after, two. I was just wondering, were you like – am I get- – Gonna be oh. in the other, am I going to be in more of them or are oh. you like happy to be like listen I did my
1: no well first of all I died so I couldn't come back but
0: <laughs> hey listen you know, well, they can well, bring you back
1: wait mm-hmm. actually I did come back and haunt so I'll, I'll make a check on that um, but um, actually no you know what I was what I did think I was going to be in what happened was the Amityville Awakening I guess is that with Jennifer Jason Lee
0: oh yeah yeah
1: so what happened was uh, there was a gentleman who was on sound on that film, and he was a, his son or daughter went to uh, did went to school with my my um, my kids, and he said, "Oh, you know, I'm working on this film, and Jennifer Jason Lee is in it. And it's Amity. It's an Amityville film." And I went, "Oh no! I, why didn't they call me? Because yeah. I knew she's around my same right. age, and I thought that would have been such a great callback." And I love Jennifer Jason Lee. I think she is awesome. Yeah. I would love to do a movie with her. I would think we'd be amazing. To I make. know she's listening,
0: so um, the word's out there now. Je-
1: yeah, Jennifer, like it would be amazing. Um, I think we'd do some really cool work together. Um, but I do. Um, but I was kind of like, oh, I'm. I that's you know, I wish I had done that, yeah. and or wish that someone had reached out. And then, then when Daniel Ferrans reached out to me and said, "I want you to play Louise DeFeo." I burst into tears. Yeah. I actually burst into tears because I've always wanted to play uh, a character that's been alive. I mean, like a real person. Yeah. And this was the opportunity. And I was so grateful and so happy that he remembered me. Um, and I had been doing some films before that. I actually have a film called The Final Interview, which is now at a film fest uh, right now in Ohio. And so I'd been acting, you know, up in... So I was kind of like ready to go and warmed yeah. up. And um, I'm so excited that... Um, that he asked me to do yeah. this. Um, also, he did. Uh, Daniel Ferrans has done the documentary on Amityville, so he knows all the things that really. Going to bring some authenticity. To yeah, it. actually, I mean, this film is filled with just like jewels. Uh,
0: so you guys were talking about Better Off Dead. Yes, I but the course,
1: I love the, the the film. If how many people have seen it, let me know when you will listen to this. And uh, I, I mean, I am very interested because,
0: um, uh, I think a lot of people. I mean, it's cl- a classic. Uh,
1: yeah, and but you know, also like, do people pass it down in the gen- in generations? If you have seen Better Off Dead, like let. Uh, Jason know, like, on this podcast, because it's just interesting to Let me. Let me know
0: via Venmo. Yeah. Just, uh,
1: ve- oh! <laughs> for, for everyone, every- send me a
0: dollar for everyone who knows, no, and then we'll...
1: $2. Okay, oh, right. yeah, I want my $2.
0: Yeah, I want my $2. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I mean, it's just, like, a very kind of, like, you know, John Cusack, you know, especially at the time, he just really, he wasn't, like, a hot... You know, it's like they have, like, and they still listen to that where it's, like, mm-hmm. hot people playing the losers and I'm like you're a model. Yeah, get no, out of here. I don't listen. I want to relate. Like I was never a cool, hot person. I want to see somebody that I'm like okay, right? The, go, uh, the go, underdog God. and yes. I think John Cusack. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. Listen, don't no no you know. No,
1: it was also yeah no. This is the thing about it is is that he's endearing. He's yeah. lovable, and I think that you played it that way. And I think that's what makes people you know people go crazy. I mean, guys like are him. Girls fall for him, Um and it's just. That Did film, you fall for him? Well, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but, but just you know, an, an but no, uh, it was just it was just the role. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, you know, I actually I uh, I met my husband around that time. So it was my husband, he was yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. but I was like, I wonder. I always wondered if John and I would have gotten together if I hadn't been dating. It was kind of funny, um, but uh, John is just a sweetheart. He was so he was so. Great. I mean, we had such a fun time. Because I would
0: say, like, you know, as, as it's going – like, that's a pretty ho- Hollywood, Hollywood film now you're, you're in <gasps> territory-wise, right? You know, and
1: this is what was so amazing. And what I love about all the people who love this uh, Better Off Dead is that film didn't have anything gratuitous in it. Yeah. It was just funny. And I know that people were in the production – Producing it, we're concerned, is it going to bring people to the theater? And guess what? It didn't do well in the theater yeah. because people didn't feel like they had to get up and go see it. But when it went to VHS and beta and people could rent it, it went. Crazy. It went on fire because you had all these college students who were studying all day and they were exhausted and they were tired and they just wanted to laugh and have a good time. And there was Better Off Dead a love story, a comedy. Um, it made them laugh. It made them feel good. And they could bring a girlfriend or a guy friend, like watch, you know, watch it. And it made you feel good. And so I think that that. Uh, the energy that came from that film transcends to today and it's still funny today. I mean
0: it's cla- I mean it's, it's absolutely classic. Classic.
1: Yeah. It's so irreverent I don't know, like it just I don't know if reverence is the right word, but it's like you just don't expect the humor and
0: I think it perfectly – one of those movies that really capture that time mm. and is timeless. Like yes. you watch you don't go think like, oh, this is just the 80s we're yeah. looking at. Or you know? I know
1: this. You still – if if, you, if somebody watches it for the first time, they cannot anticipate what they're going to see. It's not cliche. Right. Uh, and I'm excited because I've, I've written these books and I have um, my – I've written two books, and my third book is going to be um, an homage to Better Off Dead. But you have so, a memoir, right? I have a memoir. My first book uh, is on Amazon, but all of them are actually on Amazon. The first one is uh, the excellent Ad- Diane Franklin, The Excellent Adventures of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. <laughs> um, and so that's about my career, how I became an actress, an 80s actress. Um, and the second book, I, and it's a great book. I mean, all my books are from the heart, and they are – Pictures you'll never see and – Do you find with
0: with memoirs like you're like there's stuff that you can't include everything or there's like I really want to talk – I really want this in here but it might be too scathing or do you feel like there's kind of a little bit of that?
1: Well, one of the reasons why I wrote my memoir and I I self-published it is because I did want to include everything – because I wanted people to understand this is the life of an actress. Like, I didn't want to go, oh, look at this, but don't look at that. And so many books do that, or, you know, they just go, sure. don't look at this part of the career, but look at this one. This is represents somebody who's awesome. So, But what I did do in the first one is I, I knew, like, parents are going to get this and maybe their kids would see it, so I rated the chapters in 80s style. So it was rated R, which today is probably rated M. I think, yeah. um, but it was rated R for restricted and no one under 17 permitted without a parent. So I'm like, okay, if you read those chapters, you better tell your parents to sit down with you and do it. Um, or PG, uh, PG-13 or G. Uh, so I rated my book in chapters in the first one. Um, How many R's and, are there? Uh, right, right. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of R's? I had quite a there's, few yeah, R's. Yeah, 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 there were some R's, so it's, it's more for the parent. Um, uh, but, and then the second book uh, was about, is really focusing on Last of Convergence, so you would love that, and that's The Excellent Curls of the last American French exchange babe of the 80s. Um, more pictures from Virgin, more great tidbits from the film, and also talking about how my hair kicked off that whole 80s trend of the curly hair trend. Of, if I yes, get these
0: books, you have to sign them. You know oh, that, right? Okay, absolutely. that's the okay. And you know, you if anybody deal, does
1: get those books, uh, if you buy the books, uh, the books and you if you buy the books and you come to a convention i'm at yeah. i will sign them for free okay so that's the deal with those uh it's very no cool. it's a special for friends without benefits listeners. Right. <laughs> okay it's exclusive <laughs> yes. pretty- you're hearing this so you can call me on it yeah. um i heard you on jason's show yeah. uh and then um, this third book is going to be the homage to Better Off Dead. I think I'm going to call it The Excellent Coat of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s because I have the coat that was I wore in the film, and I bring it to conventions. Uh. So if you have been at a convention of mine, or you're going to be um, in the next year or so, because I'm, I'm probably not going to get this book out until – 2020. I just came out with the other one so I'm giving some time. Yeah, and people read very um, slow so yeah, they'll be all caught I'll up by the time up. it comes out. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's I want to put all the people who've ever worn this coat at conventions in my book. So if you hear this and you wore you met me at a convention and you wore the coat or I was wearing a coat with you in a photo send it to coat, uh, book at gmail.com and I will put it in my book. So, and then you'll be a published yeah, author. You will be oh, in uh, there. you'll be
0: a published uh, um, Do you but, go to a lot of conventions? Do you do a lot of uh, conventions? You know,
1: last year I did a lot and this year as they're slowly starting mm-hmm. to come uh and I think it's because Amityville Murders is coming yeah. out. So I'm also going to tell people buy the Amityville Murders uh you know thing because the I guess the movie cuz I probably I don't think I'll have them at my table. Um, you know But so, you'll be there to sign yes, whatever but you if have. Yes, they bring yeah. it. Yeah. So um, but it is uh, it's amazing, I mean, to see that, you know, uh, that I'm still doing this. I mean, I you if you asked me when I was 18, 19, 20, I would have been like, are you crazy? There is no way. How could I possibly be, you know, this happened where, the, you know, it's sort of a comeback with films. So. But you,
0: I don't think you, re- you know, maybe you don't realize because I'm somebody who's from the, uh, uh, when I watch these, I'm like, it's for me to watch and it's for you to be in. And I never thought that paths could cross. So that's yes. very magical. I think. Uh, you'd be it surprised. Like, there's so many people that know so and, and I come from the world of, you know, but YouTube, where like a lot of people have watched my videos and I know nothing about them. And right. they know a lot about me based on these videos and the same on a way bigger scale with you. So there's so many people who, like know you or think they know you. Right. And yeah. you know nothing about them. Of course. It's, it's just like a very <laughs> magical thing. Uh, we didn't really get to uh, talk about uh, Bill and Ted's three that you're in. Ooh,
1: I don't know if I'm in. Okay. So, but I will okay. say this I've yeah. been in Bill, was in Bill and Ted's ex Excellent Adventures, as if you don't know, one of the princesses. Um, I was actually uh, Princess Elizabeth in the script, but when we got to the credits, it said Princess Joanna. Somebody mixed it up. So everybody has these photographs of me signing Princess Joanna, um, but it is kind of interesting because I may wind up being Princess Elizabeth. If um, and there's you know I don't know but hopefully uh, next year they are they are going to be doing Bill and Ted's three for sure yeah. they will be doing it but I don't know I I have to say you know they I know that they're interested but you know you can't count on anything so if I am in it it would be lovely I would it'll be love better
0: it. if you're um, in it how's I, that you
1: know what I would greatly appreciate it to me I look at it and go what a great nod to all the people who watch Bill and Ted's uh, first. I think that, to me, I like that when I watch a film. I like to see the people who were in it before because it's almost like it's going back to your childhood. It's going back to your past, and uh, it means something more. And so, especially with Bill and Ted's, where a lot of people are going to bring their kids, wow, how fun it is that you have your own inside. Right. Too, yeah. You're so.
0: you're you're going on this journey mm-hmm. like generate generationally. But that's and you uh, I've seen you do uh, some YouTube videos with your daughter who has good uh, lives. Yeah. Well, got a yeah. Ball, switching out, switching looks and stuff. Oh, like.
1: yeah. So here's what's happening. Um, the the new things that are happening are um, my daughter and I have a YouTube channel and it's called um, it's called Live Live L-I-V, and, of course, her name is Olivia, and Di, D-I is me, Diane, in L.A. And it's on YouTube, and if you uh, follow it, it's basically my daughter and I talking and sort of the 80s babe meets the millennial girl. And she, my daughter, is, her name is Olivia De Laurentiis. She's hilarious, and she's actually a comedy uh, filmmaker, uh, she writes, directs, and acts uh, in film, and uh, she actually uh, just got her first film optioned. So exciting! You will see it, and this, this is, is a, my audition for it, by oh, the way. Let's uh, just you know this is okay, my audition. Okay, so <laughs> feel the moment. Yeah. Um, so I'm. It's what's really exciting is that there's such a great there's some great stories that are coming from that, and that is the woman who is actually um, producing it is the other princess from Bill & Ted's, Kimberly Cates. And uh, she's been watching my daughter and her uh, comedy partner, writing partner, Sydney Heller uh, do their, um, they have a comedy, a uh, channel that they go under as Barely Legal Comedy. And make sure you put the comedy yeah, in there. Yeah, please. If, uh, Don't YouTube, stop at Barely nope, Legal, please. <laughs> no. Yeah, I can't be responsible. Mm-hmm. Uh, barely Legal Comedy, the channel is with Olivia Laurentiis, Sydney Heller, and they are amazing, uh, great sketches. And they have a web series called Sugar Babies that I'm hoping will also... Yeah. Olivia's main dream is to actually have a show on TV. Uh, and so that's her objective of in the, in the mm-hmm. future. But it's great to see her going through this and now with this film uh, it's it's a film called uh, This Gets Rough that's the working title yeah. I don't know if it is but right now it is and Uh, Kim bought the rights, and she's actually a producer now. I mean, you never believe, like, oh, the princesses are, you know, working Mm, together again, but, um, uh, and I have a role in the film, I'm I'm trying to make it, think of a small role, but it might be a bigger role, I don't know. Um, I do know the director, so I don't
0: know. Yeah, yeah, put a a word in.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, but Olivia is, she wrote it, um, and she graduated from UCLA, she wrote this film, and Kim had seen her work with Sydney, and went, I have to produce something, this is amazing, her work is brilliant, and if you see my daughter's work, it's like crazy so she's writing it uh, she wrote it she's going to be directing it and um, acting in it oh, yeah. so we'll see we'll see what happens it's, where do we find it's you just, online just fresh.
0: all right it's in, the most more important okay. you right now
1: all right oh, oh my goodness it's me i'm still remembering you remember me mm-hmm. um okay so if you want to follow me which i strongly recommend because i don't uh the only way you're going to know about me is if you follow me because there's it's just like you'll have the inside Uh, you know, things going on. Um, You'll find out. Uh, One is Twitter. I am under Diane Franklin 80, not 80s, no S, but 80. You can also find me on Facebook. You'll have to go to Diane Franklin fans. um, And that is in group section. That is run by me. But the only reason that uh, you have to go there is because my other Facebook is full and they won't let me open another kind of Facebook. So just... Deal with it and go to the fans, and I'll accept you in. And then also, I'm under, in uh, my Instagram, and so it's actress Diane Franklin, and that's my professional uh, acting one, so you can go there. Um, and since Amityville Murders has come, they're, they're starting to, I'm getting a lot of people who are following me. Shocking, but at the same time, wonderful because. In the 80s I never did publicity. So right. the only way you're going to know me is have have seen the work I've done when right. I was younger. And mm-hmm. so if you like it then come yeah, and follow. follow me and I'll yeah. I'll say hi.